This is Lovely Hurling, brought to you in association with Zest Active, your daily super supplement. Get it back to Dan Shanahan. Shanahan in front of the goal, puts it over the bar. Hi everyone and welcome back to Lovely Hurling episode number 13. As always, I'm Anthony Nash and Farshi Dan can't be with us today. On the show today, we've one of the greatest hurlers to ever play the game. Again, as always, I'd like to thank our sponsor, Zest Active. And if you go on the Revive Active website, you can use the code HURLING10 to get a 10% discount off any Zest Active products. Today, we have Brendan Maher. He's one of the greatest hurlers I've ever played against to play the game. Uh, I'd like to welcome you along, Brendan. Fair play for coming. Thanks, Anthony. Thanks for having me. Um, let's jump straight into it. I have a few stories I want to tell about you. Unfortunately, all positive on your end and, I suppose, negative on my end. But, like, you, you made a decision recently to, to, to give up the hurling. Like, what, what was the basis behind it, if you don't mind me asking? Um, I don't know. There wasn't, there wasn't exactly one, one reason, Anthony. I don't know. You know, I'm sure you have your own kind of story yourself. Like, of, you, you kind of just feel a common, don't you? You just know, like, that commitment maybe is just becoming a little bit harder depending on the stage of life you're at you know I'm 32 years of age now and different things are happening I suppose off the pitch that are just making it that bit harder to stay making the commitment and and the commitment I suppose in the last few years has kind of gone up a bit hasn't it you know it's just the the time alone that you have uh, have to give is just so there's so much in it um, and I suppose I'm just someone that if I'm not all in if I can't give 100% I don't want to do it uh, and I kind of felt as if you know I was not struggling, but I, I was finding it more challenging the last year or two to, even despite the pandemic, just had a lot going on off the pitch and was kind of finding that, you know, God, like, I'm not I'm not so sure how long more I can keep doing this. And um, then just kind of niggly injuries and the body was, you know, it's it's harder as you get older, like, you know, yourself, like, it's, it takes a little bit longer to recover and, um, you know, that the physical demands of it as well alone and, I've had my fair share of different, you know, injuries over the years and they were starting to take its toll. So um I had it in my head as was for a, a good number of years that I didn't want to I didn't want to stay going and nearly limp out, if that makes sense, like and retire having, you know, tried to stay on and tried to stay on. I was very much like, I want to retire now and be able to go back to my club and give a few good years hurling and not be coming back to the club like literally finished. Do you know what I mean? So that was in my head as well. So I just kind of felt, you know, you kind of have this gut feeling like it's it's in your head and you're just like, yeah, no, the time is right now and it's time to move on. I know you're like, you're on recently only after doing it, but like, do you find that it's going to be hard for you or do you find that you're just at peace with everything like that? Like, it's different for you. Like, I was looking through your role of honour there a while ago. Like, when it was my time to go and even last Sunday seeing the lads in the All-Ireland final, like, with the hope of winning an All-Ireland. I have no All-Ireland. I have Munsters and whatever like that, but... Like, is it the fact that you've kind of, like, let's say you've ever made it in the game? Would that would, it, would that have made it easier for you? Or is it just that you're just going to miss it anyway? I'm sure it does. Like, but for me, right, I would say that, and I, no different yourself, Anthony, like, you could look back in your career and say, like, I gave 100% mm. and not so much judge it on the, the medals and the achievements. Like, I know it's, look, it's a, it's a competitive game and it's a results business, as they say, but 
it's easy for me to say it, I suppose, having the medals, but like I would not look back and say, oh yeah, I won X, Y, or Z. I'm looking back, kind of thinking and reflecting, saying, I gave 100%, I was fully committed, I did the best I could, and that's all you can do really, isn't it? Like, yeah. And sometimes results come your way, sometimes they don't, and a lot of things have to be in place. A lot, you know, it's a team sport. So you can, as an individual, you can only just do your best and give your best. And that's kind of what I'm most proud of that I was, for the 13 years I was part of the panel, I was consistently disciplined and fully committed in my approach. And that for me is kind of what gives me that, that peace. peace yeah. I feel content about it. Yeah, I'd hope that my teammates would say the same thing. Like I think any of my coaches, like when I finished off, all the lads that would have managed me before, like that would have said that to me. And that was, I suppose, it was a nice touch. Like, and look, yeah, look, Dan even said it, like sort of two of us in the show of neither all learning, but like he said, like, you know, it doesn't define him and it didn't define Ken McGrath or anything like that. So, but it was just, it's interesting to kind of wonder, like, when, like, when you have, as I said, you've all the role of honour under to make it any easier for you. But look, and I know from the outside and I know from speaking to people about you that you did give it 100% and unfortunately playing against you, I fucking saw that. Like, and I was going to say to you when you came on, like, that you're actually the reason that I changed my puck out style. I don't know, was it back in 14 or 15? I used to go back into the goal, right? go behind the small square and make the big, long run-up and try and hump the ball down the field as far yeah. as I could go. So for anyone listening in that didn't understand, right, we played Tipperary one day in a match. Uh, I don't know which one it was exactly, but I remember, it, unfortunately, which was too hot, too often with us and you, because we lost you. And I was watching the game with about 10 minutes to go in the game. I think I got my first pocket off properly to a guy. And what was happening was that every time I ran out the left-hand side of the square, it was like, you were inside my helmet, you were there. And mm. in the other side of the field, you were there, you were there. And I was just like, what I was saying, like, was Sean O'Donnell, who's now with Limerick as a statsman, we sat down after that game to break it down because I just needed to know. Like, you just read my body language. You were just, whatever step I took, I'm taking too many steps. And if I was running out, my shoulders were there. You were gone for your man, you were at the break. So I ended up having to change and Sean got me to do a one or two step puck out where... It didn't give the half hour a chance to move back too far. It didn't give the midfielder. And it was because of Brendan Maher and your intelligence that I actually <laughs> had to start doing that. I know, I know you don't want to hear it as a compliment. And thing, but like, it was like, I, I said to Maher after the game, like I said, where, where the, who was on Brendan Maher? So it was my own fault because my body language is showing where I was going exactly. And you were so intelligent that you were gone back into the pocket, either under the break or fielding it yourself. And I saw it, and it's just, it's a compliment to you. And, and Kilkenny as well, I saw a few of the lads tweeting that if there was a player on the market the week of transfer, it was you. And like, I know yeah. like you've gotten a lot of compliments, but I'd put you down as the most intelligent player I've ever played with. Talented, again, sorry, talented, uh, skillful, hard worker, but intelligence. Like you were able to read the game through the whole thing, like, you know? I, ha I had to end because I'd make up for my lack of pace. <laughs> um, but uh, no, look, I, 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 it's great. Thanks for the compliment. Um, but I can tell you, you, you cause us our fair share of nightmares ourselves now. Like, obviously, the change you made, uh, I would say that was probably back around maybe 2014 or that, was it? Mm. Maybe that we played yeah. our maybe 14. You have a Park in 14, um, yeah. In semi, yeah. Because I, I can remember studying your puck outs and I, you, you've a, you hit the ball similar to Darren Leeson's. So I remember mm. talking to Darren Leeson about it. Like, I said, what way do you shape your body if you're looking to hit it left or right? Like, and it's a similar kind of a strike where it's a kind of a draw, like yeah. you kind of, you kind of strike down on the ball a bit. So I was kind of trying to judge, like, right, if he's, if he's turning the shoulder a bit this way, I know it's going to go this side. You know, like that was the way I was working at it. 
Yeah. Well, you're fair. Jesus Christ. But then, but then you see, but then when you obviously improved, like you did something different and like you absolutely made shite was in 2017, I remember inside the stadium. Um, you beat us. Oh, yes. And like the, the biggest thing was your puck house. Like, and now look, it was great movement out the field as well, but we got absolutely like the lads ran circles around it, but you were able to pick them then. I remember um, the likes of Luke Mead, Bennett Kearney, uh, Connor Lehan, Seamus Harnady. They were just moving on the ball, like, and it was just seamless. Um, so yeah, you cause us our fair share of nightmares as well now. So don't be, don't be too hard on yourself. Well, well, this is the first guest we've ever had in the show who's been complimentary of me and goalkeeping because we Johnny Pilkington, <laughs> who was just absolutely destroying goalies. Darrow Breen came on and was on about like uh, goalies boss being so big and terrible. And then uh, Joe, oh, Joe, well, actually Joe Quaid was here as well. So <clears throat> fair to him, he was obviously complimentary, but Charlie McGrath made up yeah. for it. But yeah, no, I think it's all, I, I'm going to get you on every week. But um, but yeah, no, it was interesting. I, like when I saw the Kilkenny lads, obviously the rivalry between like, Tip and Cork is massive, but the rivalry between Tip and Kilkenny is huge. But of all of the counties that came out, obviously apart from Tipperary themselves, those Kilkenny lads, like on social media, were giving you like uh, huge compliments. And I'm not sure if you saw them and whatever, or made aware of them. Like, But I just felt for like Tip and Kilkenny, who on the field, like when you played against each other, you beat the shit out of each other like to hear the yeah. lads playing just to say like and even one of them said like there was a transfer market you were the one like it, look it must it must be it must be nice to hear for you and your family it was, yeah it was yeah it was nice to hear. I, I heard a couple of them now I, I wasn't I wasn't scrolling down through mm. trying to find everything although it's yeah. nice to massage the ego a little bit as well but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but the, I think the thing about the like certainly look at the earlier part of my career like and, and throughout really this was every All-Ireland I played in was against Kilkenny Mm-hmm. And um, so there's a massive rivalry there, but there was never any animosity off the pitch or yeah. even once the final whistle was blown in those typical Kenny games, like you'd chat away and I never, I never really got to know the lads that well. Like, you know, you'd meet on different trips and different things, but like, you know, I've had a few drinks with different lads and, you know, I think there was just that kind of respect was always there, like mm-hmm. um, from both sides. And, and it was a, it was a, a really healthy rivalry, I'd say. Do you know what I mean? It was like, yeah. you step over the white line and you'll do anything to beat each other. But outside of that, there was no real, do you know? And, and I have to say, I don't think, I don't know, does that exist even with any team really now? Like, so, that yeah. There's, yeah. The animosity is, is after which I think it's a great, it's a great sign that you can go on, cross the white line and tear strips off of each other and do whatever it takes. And there'll be a few scraps and whatever else. But then once the final whistle is blown, it's just, it's that respect that's there. I think and people know, every player knows, like, look, you're going to do what you have to do. I'll do what I have to do to win. Um, but it's great to be able to have that kind of, that separation. Yeah, and fairness one, like, in fairness, you epitomise it. Um, there was two players from Tip that I always kind of felt after final. No, they were all lovely, like, but yourself and Bonner, I actually, every time that win, lose, draw, get hammered, like, he was always the first guy to come in, like, you know, um, and he could be after hitting goal past me or he could be after thumping me whatever like that but he was just such a such a great character and I was lucky enough to meet him there last week um, at a golf event and like it's just whatever and the two just in fairness like he, you're you're absolute gent so that he's, a decent, he's a decent enough golfer actually and you're you're, oh, you're fairly handy yourself what are you playing off now? Yeah, uh, two slash fourteen at the moment. But it was Bonner, it was Bonner, Bonner, and Cahill Barrett, and my Lamar, and I think Bonner had to get a, a bogey because he was in a boot. Oh yeah, in a boot right. coming down. Yeah, but, like, yeah. That just, do you know what? That sums him up actually, right? He, the man is a warrior. Like he's currently injured, and he's still going up playing golf in a boot. Like so he didn't yeah. go playing hurling in a fucking boot. Like he actually, literally, I think he had the cast off about twenty four hours, and he came to train him one night, 
And uh, we were talking, someone was mentioned something about golf. He says, yeah, I reckon, I reckon I'll be able to manage it now after getting out of the cast. You literally out of the cast the night before, like, and I said, just Bonner, take a handy, like, will you, you know, you need to, you need to just take one step at a time. But he obviously got out and about, he said, I'll, I'll start off maybe a bit of chipping and see how it gets on. He said, I need to get out doing something. But uh, yeah, he, look, he's a serious operator, like, and, you know, like he's, he's savagely motivated now to get back. He's just, that's the type of person he is. Setbacks mean nothing to him. It's only just yeah. more fuel from the fire. Like this gas, yeah. like when you say that about him, like you obviously know him better. But that's the way they viewed him as well from the outside. Like that, like you know, you, you know, you go, you man mark fellas that are, you know, that you think like for you, Seamus Callan, like you know, and, and like an earlier in their careers, on Kelly and stuff like that. We just have to worry so much about Bonner, like because he is making ticking the forward line. Like, yeah. You know, he is so like, and what, what's the most underrated thing about him? How people realize when they watch is how skillful he is especially with the hand pass yeah in under the arm protect the ball and under the arm and it was just you know and he was just a phenomenal athlete and phenomenal player for you like but like, like I know that you can't like you can't kind of pick one player to kind of just say that you played your career with like but you know if you had one fella that would have influenced you to start your career and one fella that would have kind of you know you'd have hung around with or been kind of like um, what would you say most friendly with or or any, is there any guy that kind of threw your career with Tipperary that would have either taken you under their wing at the start or you kind of would have admired and appreciated more than others? Not more than others, but I yeah, no, they stand up there. Yeah, you'll always have kind of lads that you'll be, you know, you'll lean yeah. towards or you'll gravitate towards. Um, like, I was lucky enough, like, Owen Kelly, I would say, is probably someone that was lucky enough to be able to play with him. Like, he was just, he was my, you know, he's your God. idol. Like, yeah, when you were growing yeah. up and I remember him coming to summer camp in Boris Lee, he was maybe... 20 or 19 or 20 he was just starting off like and I was about 12 and I was just in awe of him I can still remember the talk he gave us where I was sitting you know I can just one of those moments and then to be able to go in and play with him like but just to see then what he's like you know when you have a perception of someone and you see what you know from the outside as a supporter you you kind of you worship them but then when you get to know Owen and you just see like he is some character and the mess and, and joking that he you know like he's always up to something and, and, you know, there was a few years maybe where he was, when he retired in that, but then to be able to get him back in then as a coach and have that crack again with him. And it was a strange dynamic, actually, him coming back in and it was like, oh yeah, you're still here. Like, but, uh, like it was, it was great. And he was definitely one fella like that, just, you know, just for, for somebody who was just hailed as probably one of the greatest ever forwards, like he had no ego about him and, like he came in, he came in in the first, you know, his first year in 2019 and he literally was saying, I'll carry this literature for you, like I don't care what I'm doing, I just want to help out. Like, do you know, he, that, that was his approach yeah. and it's still his approach. Um, But then I suppose, like from the point of view of lads that were there from beginning to end, like there's probably a group of us there. You have yeah. Shamey, Noel, Porrick, Bonner and myself, like that five were there kind of from, Shamey joined a year earlier than us, but from 09 to to, to this year um, we've been kind of there together every year like so that's a kind of a special bond yeah. that we have um, do you know and obviously like Shamey very close to Shamey he was he went to we went to school together and only lives down the road do you know what I mean so you have that kind of connection as well and um, so yeah like there's you're always going to have those few that will just be a little bit closer but like really lucky like that had several and lifelong friends now from my days with Tip and yeah um just like had some unbelievable memories just on and off the pitch. Do you know what I mean? Like the 
It might get to you off the pitch once every yeah. minute just to kind of spike up the yeah. interest of the show. Because, <laughs> so, like, in fairness, you really have to hurl, but you really have to enjoy yourself. Yeah, well. exactly. <laughs> you have to. Yeah, I think you have to. Like, it's a good sign. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we were actually guilty of the other then getting too serious at times. And it was when we had our probably most disappointing years was when we were so rigid and disciplined. Like, yeah. it just... I think you have to find that balance. Like, and you hear heard the Limerick class talking there over the last few days about. You know, I heard the stories of the ice cream van comes train and all that. But like, there will I, I've my cousin Pat Ryan's is on the panel there. He comes on. He delighted yeah. to see him come on and get his score at the weekend. Um, you know, so I've been in touch with him a bit, and you'd see like they're able to enjoy themselves as good as anyone. So it's it's all it's not always yeah. like the most disciplined, hundred percent, twenty four seven disciplined team. It's it's finding that balance of yeah, we work hard, we train hard. Yeah. We're very unified, but we're able to relax and recover as well because you just can't stay. You can't stay up here all the time, like. Yeah, and do you think that, like, in fairness, that's one thing I found later on my career as well, like that it's full time. It's it's absolutely professional, like you know. And, like it depends on the manager you have, and I might just I'm going to come to Liam in a while maybe, but like it depends on the manager you have, and like I Barry is my cousin as well on the Limerick panel, so that's something we share. Um, but like it, it's something that I thought has come into the game, and you know, again, depending on the management, depending on the people involved. It's almost like that they consider it to be your second job and that's it. You have to focus solely on that thing as well. And trying to strike that balance is very difficult, like, you know, but um, but I do believe that, like, you have to be able to, you know, it, it doesn't have to be alcohol. It doesn't have to be, you know, go out having a drink. It's just about getting away and doing different stuff. And for me, it was yeah. golf. Um, you know, like Bonner and stuff like that. I want to be able to win. Then there was managers that tell you, like, the week of the game or the week and a half or a game, don't yeah. be in golf, like, and you're like, Jesus Christ almighty, like, you know, I'm standing inside the yeah. <laughs> you know, that, like, that kind of thing, like, but it is, it's a massive thing for me, but to go back to Owen Kelly, like, so, ye idolised him, obviously, right? In 2002, the tip, was a one or two tip one dollar, and we we won the minor beforehand, I was a sub at Cork in, in 2001 or two, right? So we're back, and both teams were staying in the Burlington, and the, the senior, tip seniors were having a function, and obviously the minors weren't, like, you know, but... So we were outside in the stairs inside the thing, and uh, next thing, one or two tip players came down, and like, sure, we were looking up, and like, Jesus Christ, like, so we were kind of like, you know, really quiet, kind of going, like, do you mind if we swap shots or gear or something like that? The lads, like, look, to be fair, I'm not going to name the players though, because I don't want them to make them out to be, you know, mean about it, but they were so busy having the crack. Next thing, on Kelly came up, and we were like, hi, Owen, how are you? Like, we were just standing, because like, this guy was a young fella just after playing for Tipperary. Up he came to his room, right? There was about four of us, he took about four tip shots. And socks and everything, and gave us his gear, like and like at the time that probably felt like mm. nothing, you know. And I mean absolutely nothing to him, like. But we were the whole night bouncing around yeah, the place yeah. that Owen Kelly had given us his shirt. I'd taken, I'd say, it took a half an hour because we were just in top. No, ironically, one of the lads with us was John Gardner, like who would have obviously gone on to play, you yeah. know, against all and stuff like that. But we were just in awe of the man, like, and he was just such a nice character as well. And I got to know him. I was fortunate enough to play a railway cup with him. Uh, and get some, but he's a oh, great he's character a, and a good crack. But that's him, like, yeah, that great, you know, uh, that great side him as well, where he gives time to everyone. And, um, you know, like, even even now after I announced the retirement of that, like, well, he rang me and he was like, I didn't want to text you. I said, I know you're probably getting swarmed with texts, but I wanted to ring you. I said, I wanted to have a chat with you. So we give about 25 minutes just chatting, shooting the breeze and reminiscing. And, you know, but that's him, like, he just, he'll always make the effort for people. And, um, he just gives off. He gives off so much energy in the dressing room. Like I think his leadership capabilities off the pitch were probably not even realised because he was so good on the pitch. He was obviously that, that was what people knew him for, yeah. and you know, like he was always performing in the biggest days. But like you know, when he talks, when he gets serious and he talks, you know, he's he's a serious motivator as well. Um, you know, and it's great yeah. for him to be like 
it's because it's difficult like to be the messer and be the motivator in the one you know what I mean in one person but he is like you know, one minute you could see him he could be you know acting the maggot with someone in the corner like a next thing two minutes later then he's giving a rousing speech in the whole he has everyone in the palm of his hand like you know he's just he's an exceptional character yeah. later in his career he's like, yeah. what is a sub boy god he's <laughs> yeah, straight yeah. back to the field like and they, and you know, whatever Cannon announcer, whatever announcer in whatever field, especially in Turles, when all Kelly was coming on, it could be like normally replacing number 15, Anthony Nash's number yeah. four, Brendan Maher, or vice versa. But when it was all Kelly, that man went to the bottom of his yeah. nose and said, replacing number 22. And, all, and next thing, all of a sudden, he burst onto the field, the tip crowd would uh, go yeah. through the roof, and yeah, he'd come like, you know. So that was one kind of final member. Right, two things I want to ask you, well, three things for, uh, before we finish up. First thing is, um, what's the what's the short term plan for you? Like, what's the you said you're going to keep her away at Borsali, um, yeah. uh, and then you're only early into your retirement and stuff like that, and you have a winter to put down. Like, but what's the what's the I, 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 what you hope to do? Yeah, like, I, I, I'm lucky enough that I'm quite busy. I suppose off the pitch in terms of my work, like so, I have I'm a small I'm a small business owner. I have a gym and fitness studio here in Borsali that I run. Um, I have an online business that I'm supporting my partner Aoife with so she is a she's a physiotherapist but she has a, an online Pilates um, program offering that I kind of do the the operation side of things and the back end of it like in support of that yeah. and I work in the performance division with Taneo as well so um, working with individuals teams and kind of organizational performance and consultancy basis so uh, I have a bit going on anyway and that, that was probably part you know like yeah. try and manage everything is difficult so I'm looking forward to having a bit of spare time to just actually have spare time, be able to play a bit of golf, yeah. be able to go off for a weekend and be able yeah. to spend a bit more time with Aoife and, and family and friends and that. So no plans like to start coaching or anything like that. I just want to kind of take a break from the whole thing, just play club hurling, you know, enjoy life a bit, sit back, be a supporter. And then what happens in a few years' time, I don't know, to be honest, Andy. I haven't even thought them that far. Do you know what I mean? I, yeah. Not well, I actually would you believe um, played a bit of a, a kind of a light acoustic gig for my cousin. He got married there um, last Tuesday week, um, and it was my first bit of music, proper gig music, and I don't know how long. I was really enjoying it. Just my my brothers are in a wedding band, and my father's they're nearly finished up now. They're a bit long in the tooth. There was in a wedding band, so the four of us did a, a kind of a, an acoustic set set up for um, for his wedding. So. Any, any available for rental? Like, for any like, so, like, uh, we get you down to the right price. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, yeah. Uh, but yeah, like, definitely, those aspects of my life, like, that I really enjoy. So, I'm, I love playing golf. I love playing music. Um, and I, they were very much compromised, like, for the last number of years, you know, whether you like it or not, like, you can't be playing music till one or two o'clock in the morning, the night before a game. Do you know what I mean? So, um, no, yeah. I, I don't intend lads. I, I fill in with the lads whenever they need me. Um, but it would be nice to be able to do that whenever I need it. Like, because there was lots of times where they might need, yeah. you know, say, God, the drummer's not available there now, um, on the whatever of August or whatever. And say, no, I can't. Like, I, I've trained the following morning. Well, so, what I, do you, what I, do you play I, when I'm playing with the wedding stuff? I, I drum. So I play the drums, but I'd be big into traditional mm. music as well. Um, so I would have grown up like mm. kind of heavily involved in score and flak and all of that. So play the banjo and uh, would have been heavily involved in set dancing, would you believe, as well, up until the age of maybe 14 or 15. Um, and that was taken quite seriously here in Borsley. Like we we won a couple of All-Irelands and, you know, it was like it was, it was as 
big as GGA, and I know they're strongly linked, like, but uh, um, so and then I played the guitar as well, just picked up the guitar myself. It was. I knew all these answers because we actually share. We, me, ourself, yourself launched was a yeah, yeah, aliens was it? Yeah, it was together. Yeah, uh, aliens, and and they asked me, they asked me a question, um, two questions actually. So like, have you any hobbies? Like, and I heard your answer. So oh, I was yeah. standing in the room because yeah, yeah, yeah. I was next in to do it. Like, I mean, you listed this right, and I'm kind of <laughs> oh, sweet Jesus Christ. I play, I, I, I play golf, and you're like, I play the banjo, I play this, I play that, and I'm like, all right, Mr. Perfect, get off the seat, like, and let me on it, right? And then the next question was for you was like, uh, and I was kind of prepping my answers in my head as well because I hadn't done many of them. So I wasn't like, you were kind of a little bit nervous, but I was kind of going, they said, uh, and Brendan, like, what kind of like bad food do you like eating? And you just said, oh, geez, I like a bit of chocolate. And I was thinking in my head before you went, yeah, well, hey, pizza, burger, chips, Chinese, chocolate, everything. And you said chocolate. So I was like, right, bring it down to one of them. Just bring it down to one. You don't play music and you don't eat, you know, you eat too much shit food. You're listening to Lovely Hurling, in association with Zest Active. The last two things I want to ask you before, well, I was asking you just one last question about Limerick at the end, but so, like, you were known as Sheedy's Boys, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you would have heard that on the inside, like, you were known as Sheedy's Boys from the outside, like, you know, like that kind of group of players you just mentioned there a while ago, the 5 v like, whatever, like that. Um, mm-hmm. I was fortunate enough with uh, with with Munster to experience Liam on a very brief um, setting, like you know, I think it was in four, twelve, thirteen or fourteen, one or the other, it, but and Owen yeah. thing as well, yeah. like that. But like, I was very um, impressed by the little bit we had with him about his, um, what would I say, like his his attitude, his personality, and the way he approached it. Like, could you just give us like his God knows you're not going to give any secrets, like, but. Would you give any insight into like himself, Eamon O'Shea, and even Tommy Dunn, who was involved in Munster as well? And I thought he was um, an exceptional coach, as much as like Tommy was an unbelievable yeah. player as well. Like obviously, but what, what were the three of them like? You know? Yeah. Um, I would say the three yeah. were different. Like you know, I know you name like Tommy was just everything has to be done. You know, he's a perfectionist, like or he's always yes. chasing perfection yeah. and um, unbelievable coach and just like. I talk about idols as well, like, so what a horror is my yeah. number one growing up. Oh, it was unbelievable, like, um, aim and then again, just things differently, like, and he'll give you, you know, he'll, he'll have that word in your ear, like, and just get you thinking about something a bit differently. And he just sees the game in a way that not too many others see. And then for Liam, like, he's just, he's just a, your, he's a brilliant manager. Do you know what I mean? He will, he'll not, he doesn't try and be a coach. Like he doesn't try and tell you how to do different things. He knows what his strengths are. And that's why he, he would have, you know, put so much trust in him and brought him along and Tommy and Owen and Dara. Like they do the coaching and they do, you know, they'll talk tactics to you and they'll talk differently. But he's just like, he was the chief motivator and, and manager too. And like, he was just unbelievable at like, getting people to buy into what his message was and, you know, the energy he'd give you. Like every every night you go into training, you'll never see him in bad form. You'll never see him coming in with poor body language. Like he just, he knew he has such a presence when he walks into a room, you know, he's there. Do you know what I mean? And he was just, he gave off energy to people all the time. And he was, um, you know, and, and, and I say like when I, when I say he's not tactic, tactic, he yeah. definitely is a tactician, but in a different way. You know what I mean? Like he knows how to tap into 
different people and different players and build relationships in different ways. I know there was a video yeah, going around up, yeah. at the start of the year of yeah. putting the arm around Jake and I don't know, was it Shamey yeah. got the box in the chest or somebody, I don't know. Like, and that's just the way he is. Like he knows, he, he's, he's an unbelievable relationship builder and he knows how to get the best out of people. Um, and yeah, look, I was lucky that he gave me my chance way back uh, under 16. I was still under 16. He drafted me in onto the minor panel. And uh, we got beaten. It was the knockout system. We got beaten um, by Limerick down in Kilmallock in 2005. But I, I came on and played the second half of the game. Um, and that was, a, you know, like he's not afraid to throw people in like and give them a chance if he believes in them. Like, and uh, I was, you know, that was kind of set me off then and gave me confidence to move on into the minor again in 06 and 07. And again, then I remember the call. I got the call on an October night uh, in 2008 to join the senior panel. I was actually heading off on um, Philip Maher's stag. Yeah, Philip used to play fullback for Tip. We were heading off on his stag. It was a Friday evening. I was literally getting into the car to go into Boris to, to get on the bus. Like, uh, I could have even had a can in my mm-hmm. hand. Like, he literally like, was <laughs> yeah. ready to rock. And the, the phone rang. Liam Sheedy was like, she's what's this? And sure enough, um, he just said fitness test on whatever <laughs> day. So I'd love to join in. Um, did you go on the stage? Yeah, so I said, I said, yeah, of course I did. Of course I did. It was a full celebration then. Um, but uh, yeah, so look, he was, he's been, he's given six years, like to even senior management. But what he did from, you know, even he was involved in divisional teams under 16, under 14. And then obviously as a minor manager, intermediate, like he has given his, his fair share of time to Tipperary. He owes us nothing. Do you know what I mean? Um, and hopefully, you know, like, while he might not get back into management, you'd like to think that he'll be involved some way in the background. Yeah. I think it would be a shame and I think it would be foolish for the Tip County Board not to to keep him in the loop there to to oversee things and you know, because he's a passionate man and he's you know, he has such experience, like um I think it would be you know, they need to keep him involved and, and see how he can support moving forward. Yeah, from the outside you can kind of see that kind of the the persona that you were mentioning there as well. Um just let's move on to your club career, and I suppose like you had a very special, um, special year at Barcelona. And uh, did you ever regret playing with a full Boston hurley after that score? Like, did you ever? Just try <laughs> yeah. to... I still have to get that hurley. Actually, yeah. everyone keeps asking me. I, the young lad in Gark still has it, but uh, hopefully it's still there because we won. Out. I, I, I kind of passed it off a bit at the time. We, we, we searched. We, um, we got onto the Gaelic grounds like because I remember throwing it yeah. and I like, remember gone, thinking like that's gone into the stand yeah. you know so after the match then one of the lads came up and said did, did you pick up your hurley afterwards did you get to hurley he said no I don't know where it is I said I'd say it's in the stand I said, would you mind going out and checking so I went out had a look around no sign of it and even in the weeks then that followed I kind of just said right it's gone you know mm. forget about it they contacted the Gaelic grounds to see if the groundsman wouldn't mind going out having a look around we'd given up like this was weeks and weeks later and I got the letter then from the young lad um, that was uh, he's making his um, confirmation and he was looking for tips I think was mm-hmm. the, that was the, the core message of the letter like mm-hmm. and then literally the last line was P.S. I have your hurley from oh, St. Thomas's yes. Um so I wrote a letter back like and so when I kind of heard he had it I was like God like it would be lovely to have it mm-hmm. you know the, even the club ran saying to be lovely want to have it on the club house or whatever else so um so his man then rang me. I left my number and just said I'd love to meet and whatever. And um, so she rang. She was all apologies. She didn't realize, you know, the how sentimental yeah. it would would have been. Yeah. Uh, do you know, like so. Um, 
yeah, we arranged, we were arranging to meet and then obviously pandemic hit. Yeah, so it was put on long finger, but uh, yeah, it's one now I must make contact with him and, and see if Fair we can That's nice. Like it's something that nice to have because I know are you a gatherer of things like I'm not like I wouldn't be a gatherer of stuff and like I ignore all my gears at my mother's house and stuff like that. But the one thing I did keep yes, nice yeah, yeah, is, yeah. is the hurley that I use in 13 um, for, you know, the, 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 the goals yeah. I got from the free. Like yeah. I still have that hurley. I don't know what I'm ever going to do with it. It's not that I'm going to do anything with it, but it's the one thing that I've kept. Um, and there was reasons for it, like, because Aidan Walsh would have fixed it the night before, bought all our defiance. It was cracked both times and there was a screw going into it and the hurley itself was so thin that the screw could barely fit into it and I never oh, yeah, yeah. If, I, if I was watching a family member get an operation I think I would nearly be not as nervous as Aiden putting yeah. a screw down through the middle of the boss but yeah it's just testing. like it was look to be fair look it was a great year for you like um, like it's not that look I don't know what I wouldn't have known about tip hurling like you know club hurling that much obviously and stuff but like you just seem to have just exploded onto the scene the cockerel comes out yeah, you know, falling <laughs> everywhere, like, you know, and that was my fault. Like, I didn't know the history until I think it was TG Carr, whoever was showing the games, and next thing you're yeah, a, yeah. A, a cop coming out to the field, and I'm like, what? I'm the sweet That's Jesus hilarious. going on here. Yeah. Do you know, yeah. but you, you must have had some enjoyment and crack during that period, did you? Ah, sure, it was unbelievable. It was, um, it just seemed to kind of just roll on, like, it was, yeah. you know, the county final was the big one for us, and to be honest, then it was bonus territory after that, like, you yeah. know, we had, we had only played in our first, you know, this group hadn't been, we played in our first county final in 2017. So Johnny Kelly joined us start 2017. Um, he made a massive impact in that year. And we won, you know, league, divisional title, got to the county final, got well beaten by Torres Arceus, but there was progression. Um, and then we got hit massively. I got, I did my crew sheet in 18 and we had three other lads, three other starters that were ruled out for the season as well. So we lost four of our starting team effectively. So that was nearly a write-off. Like I even, yeah. So I remember um, Johnny kind of not not accepting defeat, but he kind of said, "Look, lads, let's use this year now to build and try and bring on a few players." And you know, it was very much a kind of a let's try and develop and have a right pattern yeah. again next year when we have the lads back. And that's the way it turned out. Like, like we kind of came out of nowhere, but there was something building like in yeah. those couple of years before. Um, and then, Joe, when we when we got the county win, sure, it was just pure euphoria. We were playing Glen Rovers like the following yeah. Sunday. Um, but like we didn't there was nobody kind of saying let's right let's we'll celebrate tonight and tomorrow now we'll get back training on Tuesday night it was just all out celebrations we went down the Wednesday night some lads were still half cut like you know, it was yeah. right lads we need to get right now it's Wednesday do you know what I mean yeah, that was yeah. kind of what it was <laughs> yeah. and um, and sure, we just went out then and we we heard I think it was just nearly it was like we were liberated after the county win then it was just like should we go out and have a crack at it like, yeah, that was yeah, the approach yeah. you know and like I can remember, I think I spoke about this before on something, but the All Ireland semi final against St Thomas's. I'll never forget the dressing room before that because it was as if we weren't even going training. There was so much crack being had. Like the, yeah. we had the tunes going, and lads were laughing and joking. And I remember Johnny, like Johnny, actually we spoke about it afterwards. Johnny Kelly was nearly nervous. He's yanking like this is way too relaxed. Like this could this could go wrong. Like yeah, um, because he spoke and he tried to get us going. And we were all just so happy to be there, like that we were, there was no real reaction, like, you know, and yeah. Johnny said then to Sean McCormick and Conor Kenny, they were kind of giant captains, he said, Sean, if you have to say it, Sean kind of looked and he, he's a man of few words anyway, but he kind of got, uh, yeah, sure, we'll go out, will we? He said like that, you know, we all started laughing, we all kind of started laughing, like, right, come on, and we go out, you know, it was just, and that was, that for me kind of epitomized the, the season, like it was just, Brilliant. 
pure carefree and but at the same time massive massive like unity in the group and oh, you would, would see it yeah would yeah. work you know what I mean like willing to do anything for each other yeah. Yeah. Um, last year then we like we got we got beaten in quarter final then on penalties which was massively disappointing so yeah. you know we're trying to we're trying to push on again this year now we have a good group there but uh, look it is it's a it's a really really tough competition to win win a county final like with your club you know it's it's unbelievable and um, look we'll have another crack at it and we'll see but it's yeah. it's an enjoyable group to be part of yeah fair play last question for you know it's kind of you're, you're obviously finished up for the season <laughs> Uh, finished up with Tipperary but like when you look at Limerick last last week like in the performance that they put in you said look you know you obviously followed closely with, with Pat and obviously an interest in uh, in the hurlings like it was very hard for the Cork players to take and I, I know like, every one of those players in who hard it was and we were in the same experience in 13 so but like is there anything I know I know it's like as a hurler you kind of go look it's the game is over it's only one game but like they're a team that look like there's something special going on and and look very difficult to beat. Can you see like can you see any team kind of coming up to their level? Like let's even just look at next year because like look the word in the street is that Liam Cattle's coming in as Tipperary um and things like that and there might be a few changes elsewhere. But is there any anything that you can see that's gonna stop Limerick from winning three in a row now? I think there's probably it's a combination of like they might stop themselves if they get a few injuries or dip in yeah. form with a few lads, but look, they're they're a team that's they're a unique team because I was only looking at their age profile like their span, like you have literally take Nikki Quaid out of Nikki is I think the same age as me, mm-hmm. 32. Mm-hmm. But like outside of that, Declan Hannon and Dan Mars hitting but 28. Kyle mm-hmm. Hayes is 23. But even mm-hmm. take Kyle out of it and he's he's not a, your typical 23 year old. Like, but 24 to 28 is their their age profile That's to the majority yeah. of the team. Like, so really what you have there is you have a group that are just in their peak years together, which is you know, yeah. that's unique, like, and the, the crux, the, the core of that team has come, I'd say, after 2015, 2016, on 21 teams. And, yeah. and they've managed to bring so many of them forward, like, and they're just, they're all at the peak of their powers now. Um, so can anyone stop them? Like, is, I think, look, it might be in next year. Do you know what? Who knows? Like, you just, you just never know with these things. But, yeah, like, yeah. it's going to take the other teams, there's no, no doubt about it. Other teams just need to raise their level here and they need to start doing things differently and start, you know, trying to, it's a bit like when Kilkenny were so dominant there, all six or seven or eight, like we trained, like we trained to beat Kilkenny. Like that was the way you were looking at us. You know, yeah. And every team, you're the same, I'm sure. You know, we were looking yeah. at going, right, yeah. Kilkenny are the team to stop here. How do we, how do we match what they do and maybe do it a bit better? Like, so that's what it is. But like, you, when you're looking as it stands now, you're not looking at any team going, yeah, I reckon they'll be the ones to challenge them next year. You know what I mean? You're, you're, yeah. You probably have yeah, a number of teams that are just in a similar position where if things go right, yeah, they could make a challenge here, but things are going to have to, there's going to have to be impact made and things done a bit differently. And for our own case in Tipperary, I genuinely think like I'd be quite positive about the future because I think the, the teams, you know, the under 21, under 20, under 20 teams from 18, 19, they're starting to come into, their peak years now where they're, they're all 22, 23, you know, so they'll all be hopefully in the next few years coming to the fore. Um, and a bit similar, like that's what happened with Limerick. You know, they they came off of that in 15 and 16, 2017, played two games, lasted 18, <coughs> then just it took off for them. Do you know what I mean? And it does take a little bit of time to to just bait in and, and get those players to develop, even just natural development from an age point of view and physically. Yeah. 
Uh, but yeah, like I think they're just they're an exceptional team, and and I think they just have they have a unique group of lads that are similar age, similar development. They've all been through the same process, um, and they're all just kind of on top of their game, really, aren't they? And can you like and we've got can you can you see the similarities between that O eight Kilkenny team that people are talking about and they're all putting it up on social media, O eight Kilkenny team and this Limer team? Now I know you know as well the game is changing generations, the game changes isn't very hard, but like do you see similarities between those two teams or is it just unfair to kind of compare either? It's, yeah, I find it hard to compare because as you said, the game has evolved so much since O eight. Like it's even evolved yeah. since 2015, 16, Absolutely. you know what I mean? So um yeah. Yeah. it's it's difficult, but what I would say is that they do have similarities in that, like, it's not always the same couple of players that are, you know, you have your main players, right? But, yeah. you know, the likes of Peter Casey stepped up and had five points from playing the first yeah. half on Sunday. Yeah. Do you know, like, um, yeah. it could yeah. be Aaron Galan another day, Seamus Fanning another day. Like, they've, they have players that are able to step up, so they're not reliant on two, three players all the time. But what I do think they have is they have that core, that middle third, like, that that's their engine room. And they have, yeah. they have massive work rate. And I, and, just you see the selflessness in them. You know, they're they're willing to do the dirty stuff and get in and win the dirty ball. And you know, that's their that seems to be their foundation. Like and it's you know, it's kind of a case of even when they're not maybe when they're not firing on all cylinders from a hurling point of view, they're so hard to beat because they just do that every day. They go out, they work really hard, they're very structured, they're set up, they they're organized, they communicate well. Like it's very hard to beat a team then when when it's that organized. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um yeah. So their default like is just on a different level to other teams. I think that's, that's absolutely really what that's sets it. them apart, like, isn't it? I agree with you on that one. Yeah, they were the hardest team I ever came up against uh, for puckouts. Um and in fairness, Sean O'Donnell, Canurk and all these teams, like they deserve a huge credit for that because like I think that's it. Like they set up defensively and people talk about their wides, they don't mind putting the ball wide because they're setting up so well again yeah. for defensive puckouts. I think Cork had something like fifty puckouts at the weekend, like I'm sure like Limerick are so dominant on that, like it's it becomes it becomes their as you said their default. Yeah. Listen, I'm not going to delay you any longer. Um, just for anyone listening in, probably one of the best players I've ever played against. Um, and it's it's look it's grand to have you on the show and just say that one of the best players I've ever played against, one of the best players I've I've seen played again. Um, all the credentials and all the awards and everything you've received and all the compliments you have since you retired are more than deserved. Um, and you know what? I was kind of thinking when I was coming on the show, like, have I ever a bad memory of you? Have I ever kind of fecking, like, you know, <laughs> seen you hit a fella a dirty, right dirty clatter into that? You played the game so hard, so physical. Um, and one of the nice guys of the game as well, Brendan, in fairness, and anyone that I spoke to, um, I see one of the two Johnnies put up a picture of you even oh, after one of the matches, like, and he said, you can't, he couldn't even pick a, pick a bad fault to be like, uh, when you're on the <laughs> night, you know, even, like, you know. Um, so, horror musician, uh, Chocolate lover, thanks a million for coming on. No and the best look at your retirement, and uh, we'll try and get a game of golf in. Yeah, exactly. Thanks a million, Auntie. Thanks for having me. So, thanks again for bringing to coming on the show. Uh, as always, thanks to everyone for tuning in and listening in. Uh, again, if you can subscribe on any podcast platform uh, or also all GA's TikTok or Instagram page, and don't be afraid to send us a message on either of those platforms if you have any questions or anything like that you want us to, to deal with uh, going forward in the next couple of weeks. Tune in next week again where we, myself and Dan will be picking our uh, All-Stars, our Horror of the Year and Young Horror of the Year. And again, as always, I'd like to thank Zest Active for allowing us to have this opportunity to come to you and also for myself and Dan to be able to work together, which is a, a huge honour for me as well and huge crack, as you can always hear. So again, tune in next week uh, and see you also. I'll get it back to Dan Shanahan. Shanahan in front of the ball, puts it over the bar. Oh,
Shanahan has the confidence to go 